Welcome to the Explicit Content Podcast. Here are your hosts, Pamela Muldoon and Jeff Julian. And welcome to another fantastic episode of Explicit Content Podcast. And of course, my cohort, co-host, what is it? Partner in Crime is another one. Yeah, uh, Jeff Julian. Well. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm Pamela Muldoon. For those that are probably tuning in for the first time, nice to hear from you, uh, Jeff. And I understand you're on the road traveling today, and we're doing this literally um, as you're you're driving around the country again. So uh, yeah, luckily I'm not I'm not <laughs> in the car, so we don't have that. Uh, we're in an Airbnb in New Jersey, and uh, man. It, I can totally see why the hotel industry is being disrupted because we have a whole house to ourselves for this month. It's been amazing. It's like we live here and the cost is a fraction of what nice. it would be in a hotel. So yeah, nice. uh, we're in Jersey in New York city. I had some workshops and some, uh, recordings we're doing with some other friends and, uh, one more week left and then we're heading home. Heading home, getting ready to hunker down for the winter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I say as I live in Henderson, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does get a little chilly there, it right? It does. It does. It gets down in the 50s. Sometimes sometimes it's low in the 20s, 30s in the, at night in the desert here. So it does get fairly chilly. I do see my breath in the winter at certain points of the day. However, um, having come from the Midwest, um, I'll take the, 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 the you know, dry cold <laughs> yes over that wet snowy cold that you guys are gonna get here not too if you haven't already you're probably gonna go home to it <laughs> i know it's likely but as we try to warm by the fire we need something to read and content marketing institute has delivered as they do year after year with this year's 2019 content marketing research report Yes, the specifically their B2B content marketing 2019. It's so odd to say the words 2019. It's only, what, October when we're recording this? So uh, 2019, and of course, this is put on by Content Marketing Institute and Marketing Profs. They've been doing this for a number of years. It's funny, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I actually, I know now, right, that there's Content Marketing World in early September, and then within two to three weeks, I'm going to get this. And I actually look forward to it every year. Yeah. It's something I know. It's coming. It's coming exactly. in October or by October, right? So It's like um, Apple doing their announcement of the iPhone, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, the research is coming. The research is coming. Yeah. And they do a great job. I mean, they've been doing this for a number of years. And uh, they really, um, I guess, have done a ni nice job of really kind of breaking down the research into strategy, tactical, just different elements uh, that are involved. And not just content strategy, uh, but even the operations end, you know, size of team and who's doing what and, and just some of the success, uh, you know, key areas of success that organizations are finding or feeling as they implement more of a content marketing strategy into their entire organization. So I think today is all about our take on some of those key findings. Yes? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I focus more on the content creation and distribution, and you're focusing on the strategy side. I am. I am. And so I'm going to go ahead and just kick off, you know, I'm in one of their key findings, they talk about specifically this documented content marketing strategy. And um, it it's, uh, I'm not surprised by these findings. I think uh, today in 2018, as we move into 2019, that if 81% say if they have a documented strategy that align to mission and goals, that um, they're going to actually be more successful. <laughs> 
yes. <laughs> I'm going to just go with that, right? Um, and it makes it easier to determine which types of content to develop. Kind of a no-brainer comment, right? But at the end of the day, I think, you know, it, it would be nice to see some, uh, I guess, a uh, Comparison benchmarks, because I remember we've been in, we've been doing this content thing for a long time, right? Yeah. And um, when we started uh, attending content marketing world or being a part of this industry, for me, it'll be I've been doing this pretty consistently for ten years already. These numbers were it really did make sense to ask that question, right? Because companies didn't even know what content marketing was. So I guess the positive is that there is much more of an alignment of strategy and goals in content development, which is where it should be. And it's good to see that those numbers are starting to match what should be happening just organically inside of an organization. Yeah. And I mean, but at the same time, I taught, you know, two workshops over the past month while I've been traveling. And still, like when we get to the content mission statement portion of the the micro workshop, people are like, what's a mission statement? How does this work? You know, and it's like, I'll explain it for 10 minutes. And then still glazed over eyes like you want me to write a mission statement it's like right. uh, yeah documented strategy right like what are we going to do for who and how are we going to be different um and it's still you can tell that it's it's not that they don't necessarily understand the process it's that they know in their organizations they don't get that flexibility to decide what what they're going to release somebody's right. going to come down and request something and are they supposed to say no if it doesn't fit in the strategy? And yeah, the answer is well, yes. Well, you bring up a really good point because then the bigger question is, is that strategy, right? Being, um, I know I, I've worked in organizations and teams where I was the order taker, right? That's yep. basically the order taker model where uh, either uh, leadership or sales, somebody on the external marketing department is saying, okay, marketing, we need you to develop X, Y, and Z. And there's really no rhyme or reason other than kind of made up, right? We're justifying it somehow. But uh, you're absolutely right. So I think the bigger question could be is when you align to what types of content to develop based on your strategy, what is your strategy? What do you define as a strategy? And, you know, the whole mission and goals uh, piece to this is quite fascinating because obviously Joe Polizzi has been talking about the content marketing mission statement for 10 years, right? This is nothing new for those of us that play in the Content Marketing Institute space. Uh, but it is hard. It is really challenging, especially when you come into your organization and if you're in a um, say more of a middle management role or a tactician role, you really still have to rely on your leadership to understand what it means to do a mission and speak speak around, you know, what are we going to be the best in the world at to who, right? What does that really mean to develop content and get really focused and niche and tight around the content we develop? And that, I think, is something that will continue to um, improve over time. But it's a really valid point. What is your strategy? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it will go back to you know, this year being the year of ROI, um, that's kind of what I'm dubbing it, that more teams are going to get smacked with the reality of, hey, what are we getting out of all this content marketing that we've been investing in? Um, how can we track? Like, we know it's working, but we might want to figure out what's working so that way we don't mess it up and that way we can monitor it. Right. Um, and... Uh, so now that we're kind of being told, hey, we need to see what we're investing and then also what that return looks like, um, it's going to take that, that strategy of helping us 
to start to test and analyze and, and push through this. Well, that data will help you determine what you're best at as yeah. well, right? It, it may even be that you have to take your first year of really strong data and then the next planning session to find your mission around what's popping up or boiling up to the surface, right? Yeah. So I think there is a little bit of give and take there. But at the end of the day, the fact that organizations are actually talking about content development as it aligns to strategy, I would, from your data perspective, take it one step further and align to business objectives that once we start having those conversations, conversations, you really can't turn back, right? You're going to continue to move forward in that same way. So I think that's a very positive result in this particular part of the, the uh, sure. research today. Yeah. And that leads to one of the areas that I saw um, significant just attraction to the numbers real quick is that 90% of those who are successful prioritize the audience's informational needs over the sales and promotional message. Um, and I found that shocking because that that means that we're standing up um, or it means that we're so disconnected that sales is doing their own, <laughs> their own content, right? Oh, that's too Which funny. Could be, Not funny, haha. But <laughs> that could be it. I mean, I know a lot right. of marketing teams that just do not interact with sales and sales folks. They It's because they don't want to hear no, right? It's like, we got to close the deal. We're getting paid differently than you. So we're not going to incorporate it. Um, and then a lot of marketing teams, you know, they rely on agencies and agencies are primarily audience driven. Right, right. And I think one of the areas of this, of course, this is fairly high level research, right? But when I see something like this, I mean, from a, you know, you kind of look at the pros and cons list, right, when you go through this stuff. And the pro, obviously, hearing that there's, you know, uh, content being created from B2B organizations, they're thinking more about the audience. That's fantastic. We need to be doing that hands down, right? But to your point, is there alignment with sales? And I think the other piece to that is there, you know, it, I don't want to discount the importance of the sales promotional message as you work your way through your customer journey, right? You still have to bring the integration of that conversation in when your audience member is ready to have it. So I think uh, one of the elements missing from this is where in the awareness process are you putting this information that may be even more of a kind of a detailed you know to they can't obviously do in the research but i think it's something we have to consider right obviously you know jeff if you're doing awareness level content we don't we want to educate right we want to yeah. we want to build trust we want them to know that we know what we're talking about and all that stuff um, but at the same token when you get to that consideration evaluation parts of the customer journey if you aren't talking about your some of your value proposition, you could also lose them, right? So uh, it's a fine balance. But I think overall, would you say that's a positive to see that 90% are connecting the dot to being more successful because they're putting education out, at least what I'm assuming is first? Yeah, yeah. And but like you said, like another part of the survey, they talk about like the different stages of content um, and the numbers are significantly lower on um, content written for the late stage yeah. um, process. And then it just, it was really early. I mean, it's built like a funnel. The earlier it is, the more content they're producing for it. Um, but if you're truly focused on what the customer is looking for in line with the business, 
it should be pretty even, um, you know, sort of the distribution. Well, and I think we also discount the loyalty phase, right? This We all know yeah. the numbers. It takes less to keep a, a customer than it does to go out and find a new one. Yet we spent all this time on the awareness stages, right? Awareness into, oh, they, they love us now. Now what, right? Well, it's almost like, yeah, we've just rolled them back into the early <laughs> stage saying everything right. we create, you love. Because and you're if that you're getting them to purchase a new product or a new service, there might be some... Um, smart methodology to that, right? Now that's an awareness of a new product, not of the company or the brand, right? Yeah. So there's elements of it that I think could fall in line with kind of repeating the phases or the stages over, even if you're in loyalty. But it kind of also goes to business objective, right? If your numbers are to, uh, you know, uh, increase retention by X percentage, well, you better be focusing on your current customers. And there's yeah. a lot of interesting, creative, wonderful content ideation that can come from that as well. And I think it's an area that customers, or I'm sorry, uh, companies are missing the mark on when it comes to this content development side. And the research shows it because uh, just back to that same portion, it says incorporating interactive features into our content. When I think of interactive, I think of per, you know personalized um, pieces of content. And so if they're a customer, you know quite a bit about them. Hopefully you do. You should have access to that data. So having um, deliveries about the information that you know. If I know you bought this particular, you know, air up hot tub from us, because that's the kind of market I'm usually in. I love going in the backyard <laughs> and sitting in my hot tub and watching YouTube. Right. Um, and You were such a nerd. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if you know that I bought that, well, guess what? You can hit me up you know, pretty much constantly with... You can retarget through YouTube. Constantly. Yeah, with... Oh, yeah. imagine that. Wow. That's almost like an inception-level marketing. Right. Um, <laughs> but you could target me with, with supplies that you know I'm going to need, with winterization issues, with, you know stories and stuff like that there's so much yeah do the upsell right <laughs> and make it yeah exactly to make it to where whenever this this air hot tub blows a hole and i have to buy a new one that i only think to buy from you guys you know what i mean but here's the interesting point based on these these research findings and what you're saying as well right um another area that i was it really bothered me to see this. 42% only use well-researched personas, right, that they understand. 42%. Yeah. They say that they, they, it's like we say it, we know this stuff would help us. However, too few of us are actually doing it. And here's the funny thing. I want to say, gosh, four, five, six years ago, it was all about, it was like the year of the persona, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you had uh, wonderful experts talking about how to build a persona, how to ask the right questions, how to do the work. And somewhere along the line, the foundational work that we as uh, marketing teams need to do in content seems to not be quite as sexy. And I think we're trying to cut corners in our attempt. And perhaps part of it is also, you know, relooking at resources because to your earlier point on data, that requires technology, right? And so you've got a lot of technology vetting and perhaps you're putting a little more money in your marketing technology versus your resources and humans. I don't know what the case is, but man, we got to go back to the basics. We got to get those customer journeys aligned to personas and we've got to do content audits and actually understand what we currently have so that we know where our gaps are. So to your point, we see a lot more from the awareness versus say the consideration or evaluation. Well, my response would also be 
Do we? Do you know that for sure? Now, we know that from a general sense, right? But for your own organization, can you honestly say that? And the only way you can do that is to audit against the foundational work. So I was a little disappointed to see that only 42%, but then it also kind of speaks to this need for getting content that is much more aligned to a personal interactive experience, right? We want to thank Rev.com for being a sponsor of the show and helping us bring transcripts and captions to the Enterprise Marketer and Explicit Content Podcast shows. For more information about Rev and to get $10 off your first order, visit emktr.co slash rev. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've heard over and over and over the past year that personas don't work and we threw them out because it was a waste of time. And I'm like, oh, no, my heart hurts. you paid an agency <laughs> to create the first version and they had some 22 year old kid that had no idea what a civil engineer did and they made that crap up and then they put it on a form and then, yeah, your marketing team took it, they ran with it and they looked at it, but it didn't mean anything to them. And I go back to, you can't take personas out of marketing. You always have an ideal customer you're looking for. It's how much can you truly empathize with that customer. The more you can, the more engagement you have, the more you understand about that person, that the active understanding is the persona. Now document it and share it and have group meetings with each other and bring them into your offices and engage with them and figure out what's going on and how you can help them have a better life. And if you're going to spout the words customer experience in any of your uh, goals (laughs) or, or, or mission per se, right, then you better be talking to that customer and making a connection and asking the, the detailed tough questions so that you're actually uh, feeling aligned to what it is that you're putting out and they're ingesting, right? It's, it seems, I think, honestly, we just, as a collective, this is a very general statement, of course, but as a collective, we've gotten away from some of that foundational work that is still critical absolutely critical to yeah. successful it's, marketing. It, it's like people saying millennials killed you know xyz if it's like restaurants right millennials killed applebee's no applebee's hasn't targeted me specifically for anything and i'm applebee's number one customer right yeah i could be and i'm in the town where they're freaking at um but but they haven't you know they haven't reached out they haven't tried anything so i haven't thought to go to applebee's right Um, and that's the thing it's like you're not you're not thinking about the specific customer you're taking all these former tactics that used to work and that's what's changed. The tactic no longer worked that right. they were using, but they yep. still use it. They haven't evolved into um, more of what's working in today to reach that same customer or a new customer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Speaking of reaching, so I got a question for you since you're the, well, actually, I'd love your insight. So they, they, uh, what CMI and Marketing Profs does, um, along with breaking down some of the really specific tactics, uh, they also talk a lot about how that equates to SEO and search, which is an area... I'm sorry, my brain always hurts, right? Because it's changing all the time. So I would love your take on just some of the findings around that area of the research, uh, since this is in, you know, a little bit of what you've done in the past and continue to do sure. SEO stuff. 
And that was a, actually that was the number two reason that people in the research they on the paid methods of promoting content um, because uh, you know across the board people are paying money through social networks of some sort to promote their content and the number two reason was generate traffic when organic search results aren't producing the desired result because right. it seriously used to be you put a page up and within a couple of days it was generating results from you on Google and that's just unless your page is is substantial that's just not happening anymore right we're not seeing that traffic if you go search content marketing today it's not showing you the most current information about content it's trying to show you the most relevant and to knock some of those people the e-consultancies the content marketing institutes off of that list is going to be very hard unless you pay to get in that top three spots um, and mobile is even worse now. It's like you have to scroll almost two pages to get to the organic search results um, to get through paid because so much money is being invested in social right. instead of search engine results. Well, of course, depending on your industry and the keywords or phrases you're going after, yeah. the cost can be just totally out of a lot of organizations' reach. Totally, right? It's not even – so they have to create great content and interactive and engagement, all these you know content buzzwords. Um, but the other piece to this that's been kind of bubbling up for me, and it's not in our it'll be interesting to see if it's part of next year's report or within the next two years, and that's voice activated search, right? Mm -hmm. And how that's starting to play a role in all of this <laughs> craziness as well, right? So yeah, it's not it's not enough, Jeff, that we have to worry against the paid uh, accounts and we have to, <laughs> you know, get our keywords and key phrases really tight. Now we have this voice activated search thing to deal with as well, right? Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> there's so many other types of search, like uh, like you talked about voice activated. Now you see Cleveland Clinic jumping in and doing their Alexa skill for daily health tips. Um, and so now other industries can start jumping in and doing Alexa skills. My Bose headphones have Alexa built into them. I just push a button and I can talk to Alexa. My house, yep. any room you go into, you say Alexa and it lights up. Um, but then at the same time, when I go to YouTube and do a search, that search engine is completely different than right. the other Google search engine. And when I play a video, it's now showing me my competitor videos afterwards. And... You know, I, I get this question all the time. How do I control what comes up after my video? And the answer is, how do I control what comes up after my Facebook ad in the feed? I can't. I right. don't. Right. YouTube is a feed with a really ugly interface of just video after video. Right. So, so you can't control that. YouTube controls that. Um, and so, yeah, it goes back to... I feel like the big thing that's going to come just crashing down on our industry in the next five years is what happens when we can't reach people through email anymore and we can't reach people through all these search you know, pieces because the algorithms are tweaked for interest and intent and the delivery time and the type of content just doesn't matter anymore. And we wish we had a way to communicate with them. But we did all this social promotion and, and got all these vanity metrics that make us feel good. Um, we never really built right. an audience. Well, and that goes back to the persona, right? Like we have to start asking questions like, uh, you know, when searching for, you know, within the industry, do you use, you know, uh, Alexa or Echo or, you know, I mean, do you use these voice activated 
or how do you use them? I mean, I think we need to start asking those questions because the front runners in anything are always going to fail forward more quickly and uh, the rest of us will just have to catch up. <laughs> yeah. And now you got to think of like, you know, if you think of voice search being something that, that we should incorporate now, look at like what Jay Bear's talking about with talk triggers, right? I know. Word of mouth of content distribution, right? How can we do that with content marketing? How can we focus on that being a thing? Um, yes where we're, we're trying to get our content distributed by our, our consumers and turning them into influencers and having a bigger megaphone because we have people who are part of something instead of, um, you know, consumers of something. So, you know, it's one thing you can always, what do they say? One thing that's always constant is change. Well, that's especially so in marketing, right? yeah. <laughs> digital, especially so, which bringing it to the word digital and change, right? And this is an area I know um, you also follow pretty closely as the marketing tech part of this. So I found it interesting, Jeff, that on, on the section around technology inside the re research report, they talked about the proficiency and use of technology. And, you know, when you look at the way the respondents, um, they kind of went from expert to beginner, like how they felt they were overall in marketing tech. And the majority say they're kind of in the advanced to intermediate, right? Which makes sense if you look at the types of tech they're talking about, yeah. right? So when you look at the tech that they're talking about where there's more proficiency, it's the social media publishing um, the analytics reports from that, the email marketing and analytics tools like, you know, Google and, you know, just all the various different tools out there, which makes sense, right? Because that's where a lot of us, it's at, I don't want to say easy because some of this, this stuff is pretty complicated, but, but it's where we probably have had uh, the most inroads in our industry, I would say, right? Um, the part that kind of surprises me and definitely need room for improvement are the CMS, the management system portion, and the creation portion, right? Those were 50, just right around 50% feel yeah. like they're, you know. And yet, dang, from a strategy standpoint, strategy and operations needs to be aligned so, so much to be able to make this work. Because then to your point on tactics, right? How do you know if you're choosing the right tactics? And it all, you know, dribbles up to the top. And if you don't have the technology that's allowing your organization, your team, or your subject matter experts in other departments to be able to, outside of email, right, <laughs> communicate and work together to get the end result done, it can really hold up your ability to create content well, efficiently, and be agile, right? Yeah. How can you be agile if you're not using technology from a proficiency standpoint? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can get busy. And because we're busy, we don't look at the ways that we should align the tools correctly. And content management systems over the past, I would say, probably five years have become, are trying to become the end-all, be-all. They want to be this operating system of the enterprise for when it comes to marketing. And they're just so complicated. No one can keep up with them. Um, WordPress is one that most people just like go back to. They're like, I can, I can set this up real easy and it has such flexibility, but the minute you do that, you typically lose the connection, right? You, it's like, you know, saying, I'm just going to use a flashlight to light the room because I can't figure out the electrical lines in my house. Um, that's not what we need to be doing at this point. We need to be trying to connect more things, integrate more things, put in things like digital asset management systems um, because we are 
building things that interrelate with each other. And we, the marketing team should start looking at hiring more developer-centered people on their team rather than working with agencies all the time and working with their own IT departments. Yeah, because obviously you need somebody who can speak a little bit of both languages, right? Marketing and tech. And it's becoming just not even a want to have. It's a need to have, I think, as uh, these organizations continue to evolve. Uh, and it's a, it's also so important from just a you know the creation and tactical standpoint to be able to make those changes and make the efficiencies happen, right? It's um, it's kind of one of those things where in le- if you don't have it, you don't even realize how much more efficient you can be until you have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like in my voiceover world, Jeff. You don't know really good voiceover till you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of one of those things. And so I think another area that I see a lot when it comes to technology and then you look at content development or strategy is the ability to easily locate all of your archived content so that you aren't always, like you mentioned before, we're always creating new, right? And more than likely, there's a ton of really good stuff in your organization. You just haven't taken the time or your your company keeps looking forward, not kind of stopping the you know hamster wheel, right, of content development and really looking at what you currently have, finding a way to archive it so that it's easily accessible, tagged with the appropriate you know information around your buying journey and your personas and all of the stuff that helps you make the decisions so that you can optimize it or reimagine it or find a different way or a different way to... Um, you know, just use that content that's already there. I think it's a, a, a real missed opportunity for a lot of organizations. And part of it's because they don't have the technology resources to be able to to accommodate that, right? Yeah, and that's something like Rand Fishkin and Andy Crestedine have been saying for years. Like, when we're producing content, especially the ones that are driven off of SEO and search results and are driving the most traffic, when you see that, don't think, well, because I did that there, I'm going to try to reach into all these other areas and do get the same result. What that's showing you is like you've got water coming into you know into this place now. You can in you can get more water by creating more content around that very specific topic. And yeah. to start to create new pages that link off of that and and to modify that content and do it slowly that you can measure. And then you'll see a, an increase there and then sit back and say, how did we do that? What was that it, attraction? And then where can we start to do smaller, you know, pieces that will go along those same results? Um, yeah. But it's not like, oh, yeah, just start producing 10,000 more pieces of content right. like that, um, because that might be the intent on why the engine thought to send you that content. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was another great year of research. I mean, I always look forward to this time of year when CMI and Marketing Profs comes together to to do this work. I know it's not easy work, so my uh, my hat goes off to all those behind the 
behind the scenes, right? <laughs> Pulling yeah. this stuff together. This is, uh, you know, we were talking before we started uh, today about how it's, you know, the research model of content development. It's kind of a meta, right, <laughs> approach, right? Because we have Content Marketing Institute and Marketing Profs developing content around research around content. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. And they've been doing it for a long time and they do it well. And I think a lot of us look forward to this every year. So yeah. obviously I recommend if you haven't taken a peek at uh, the research, go to contentmarketinginstitute.com, what is it, slash research, and you'll find it there, the B2B research. Uh, Definitely take a look and see if it aligns with what's going on in your organization or how you kind of, you know, map up against what... uh, what other organizations are saying in terms of strategy and development. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and, you know, give us your feedback too. Tell us what you liked and didn't like about the research um, or some of the different results you might be having with your content marketing efforts. We'd love to hear more. Um, and we can incorporate some of those ideas and those thoughts in upcoming shows. Absolutely. And of course, surprises. You know, sometimes you see something that really surprises you. So yeah. And even as we talk today, you know, Jeff, you know how this works. My mind starts, oh, that's a show. That's a show. <laughs> that's a show. So um, I, I think I already came up with a few ideas on uh, what we could talk about in the future. But I really appreciate you taking time to kind of digest this with me. It's really it's really helpful to actually talk it out, you know, not just look at it as a stagnant piece of research, but to kind of talk it through with someone else. For sure. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I think that's going to do it for us today. What do you think? I do too. I think we'll uh, chat with you guys again in about a month. Yeah. So thanks again for tuning in. This is, of course, Pamela Muldoon with Jeff Julian. (laughs) You're listening to the Explicit Content Podcast. And until next time, happy marketing. Thank you for listening to the Explicit Content Podcast. For more information, check out enterprisemarketer.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.